man should ever walk alone with Danny Frawley. time for no man should ever walk alone it's all thanks to chemist warehouse who are the home to big savings every day the brainchild of st kilda champion danny frawley and we've got a big fish for you lined up tonight on no man should ever walk alone hello spud good evening jack good evening sen family for wherever you are listening on the sen app or probably podcast it during the week which has been absolutely outstanding especially for all the rural folk jack i've uh Get a lot of texts during the week, and I thought, gee, they've uh, a bit late with the texts um, on a Wednesday, Thursday. But a lot of the country folk just put in their tractors or the truck, listen to it on the on the podcast. Yep. So I think that's been outstanding, Jack. Now, really looking forward to tonight. We've got one of the legends of, uh, I reckon he's one of the, the legends of Australian, well, of all time, Jack. He's a wonderful humanitarian. W- wonderful humanitarian. You know, I think he's been the Victorian of the year, and rightly so. Used to be called the 20th Man, now it's the Les Twentyman Foundation. And we've got the great man coming in in about five or six minutes' time, Jack. And really looking forward to Les, because again, it's right in our sweet spot, Jack. A lot of young males, youths, and uh, going through hardships. Les has been an outstanding um, servant for all those youngsters out there down on hard times. Mm. I won't spoil his thunder, but I know a lot of the the analogies he uses through sport and get them into team sport, get a little bit of discipline into them. And there's a lot of, a lot of people that now have been uh, mentored by Les doing wonderful things, not only Australia-wide, but worldwide. Basketball scholarships, I think something like 18 or 19 uh, kids on basketball scholarships have been mentored by Les's foundation. And and more importantly, Jack, I, I won't steal the thunder, but he's got something to tell all the listeners he's uh, He's he's got something that um, beautiful is out now, but Some, I need to... sometimes you just need someone in your corner, Spud, don't you? When things, you do. when things are tough, no. you just need someone in your corner, and that's been Les for a long time for a lot of people. A now. lot of people, and we'll get onto that. Really looking forward to it, but need to get rid of the elephant in the room, Jackie boy. <laughs> well, well that, that T-shirt you're wearing. Oh well, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, it's not <laughs> trying to brighten it up a bit, and we'll see no, that. I... We'll see that on it, the uh, photo come, when we have a photo with Les later on. It'll and, come back again one day, Spud. Mate, <laughs> it's a birthday present from one of my daughters. I don't know. It'll come back again one day. Mate, I, hey, the la- the last thing you need to know uh, about me is I'm not a fashion plate. No. At all. <laughs> and happily so, Jack. No. I couldn't give a cocky's toss bag what I wear. <laughs> but you, unfortunately, going through this image thing and... Marcus, he's in, he's got Junners on in there. He reckons they're okay. He's rolled with Junners. Well, I think I'm impressed Janners. that you know what Junners are. Well, Junners are a, run, a white yeah. runner with jeans. My daughters refuse to get in a car with me if I've got them on, and he says they're sneakers. They probably are or slippers. Yeah, I'm not sure what they are. He's a bit flat, right but now. I would not be able to get in the house at uh, home with. My daughter's saying, Dad, go and change your shoes. So, no, what is the elephant? The elephant in the room, in the room is you. We had a great uh, show last week with um, Dennis Armfield. Dennis Armfield and Tony Kneebone. Uh, Kneebone, does that sound right? Knee. Yeah, knee. Yeah. That's it. About the Fight Club. And for those people who didn't listen, it's not about two guys putting on boxing gloves. It's about fighting for what men deserve and yourself. And your challenge was to read the book because he only gave one book, and rightly so, because they're just going hot off the shelves. Mm. Uh, you need to critique in, what do we got? We've got 
two and a half minutes you need to tell me. A lot of the uh, the things you've taken out of the book to put into your daily routine or something that just a light bulb moment, Jack, that the listeners can resonate with. I'm not just saying this because we had them in. Well, I hope not. The whole thing, the whole thing really resonated with me. Hit home. Like, it's, yeah, it's no yep. secret. We, yep. we talk about this a bit that we've got... Footy season's a, a really busy time yep. in the media, obviously. A bit of woe is me now and again. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just starting to slow down a little bit. So you start to get a bit more... And you get so busy that you start to... There's so many things. Yep. At the start of the book, it, it gets you to basically ask yourself some questions. You know, are you being the best mm-hmm. best friend that you can be? The best uh, brother yep. or the best partner or you know, best work colleague? Yep. And there's a lot of them, you look at it and you think, no, no. No, no. So you go through that stage early on where you read it and think, geez, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really doing a very good job here. But mm. then it starts to talk about some of the roadblocks that are in your way and some of the reasons why you're not being the best person mm. you can be. And a lot of it is to do with the stresses of work yep. and, and whatnot. Then it starts to talk about how you can change things and little techniques that you proactive. can use. Be more proactive. Little things that you can do. There's, there's a set of Have commandments. You got a cup, yeah, you've got a couple there that can... In lightness with well, Jack? There was one that just you just read it and you think, yeah, how hard is it? Like, you're in the car driving to work every day. Call two people when you're in the car. Good just point. ring two family members yep. or mates or whatever and just pick up the phone mm. and just have a chat to them for five minutes. Well, the week before we had Samuel J. Johnson on mm. uh, from Molly Fame and, and obviously Love Your Sister, uh, the charity. He talked about when's the last time you and I, Jack, called our immediate family, my daughters, my wife, my parents, and... and Told them that you love them. Yeah, and I must admit, I was a bit. I felt a bit guilty because I had. He eyeballed you too. Well, he you? did. I think he could tell. I don't. My, I'm an open book. My face, you know, as well as I do, if something's eating at me, it'll be there. And he knew straight away that, yeah, Spud's sort of in that treadmill of life. He, he's sort of preaching a lot. But when's the last time you did? I must admit, the next day I did that, and it's something I think we all take for granted, Jackie boy. Yeah, we do. Absolutely, we do. So it was it was a great book. Uh, check them out. The, yep. the Fight Club. You can check them out online. Uh, they run some great courses. The great book, the, more the corporates and and yeah. uh, little Dennis Dennis Armfield. I just love saying the word Dennis. <laughs> not many Dennis's played AFL. Well, not recently. The late Dennis Collins and a few of them, but Dennis Banks. Uh, Dennis Banks, but not recently. Dennis. It's not something you you see the modern footballer. It's yeah. Jager and Jet and you know Page and. <laughs> Blue. <laughs> Blue. There's no Dennis's coming out, though, is there? When's no, the last time you saw a Dennis from no. an AFL football or a you know, media star? What have you called your son? Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> what? There might be now. There might be I a few think it will supporters. Now. No, yeah. I think they will now. I think people realise now that Dennis is not used as much because people like batting outside the square somewhat. So, no, that, they do a great job. But he's going to go into the more... The, the run of the mill guy. Yeah. Uh, their business now is, is targeted at the corporate world, and rightly so. The high level pressure cooker of being a CEO and a manager, but Dennis's part of it's just about to unfold where he can just uh, get anyone out there, which is something, you know, probably Leslie and those two should get together because I know that the Les Twenman Foundation does an outstanding job for people that, um, you know, not down on their last, but they're just, they've lost their way. Les is going to tell us more about it after the break. Our special guest, Les Twentyman, OAM on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley.
You're listening to No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Hurry into Chemist Warehouse. The half-price big brand vitamin and cosmetic sale is on now. But don't wait, as this sale won't last. But it is time to welcome in our very special guest into the studio. Yeah, OAM, Sir Les Twentyman. Uh, good evening, Les. Thanks for having me, boys. Uh, great to have you, mate. And um, we'll get straight off the top. We'll uh, make sure that... Um, you're not a bad-looking rooster here. I've got the the book, The Mouth That Roared, uh, by Les Twentyman, obviously uh, put together by your good self and Robert Hillman, was it? That's right, yep. A really good writer of uh, plenty of books. So what was the uh, motivation for this one, Les? Well, I had a book come out in uh, 2000, and it was called uh, The Les Twentyman Story, 25 yep. Years of Life in the Streets, and according to Bert Newton, that's because no one had let me in. And someone, <laughs> Dougie Hawkins, reckons I... I've, read, I've written one more book than I've actually read. But a lot of things have happened since, you know, over that journey of the past uh, 18 years, such as getting married and mm. um, and changing employment from open family and then going to the 20th Man Fund and then that became the Lose 20 Man Foundation. But also, you know, there some things came back to me, um, like I got taken prisoner, uh, captive by the IRA in Belfast and... At the time, you know, were very mm. distressed. But I thought the um, people I was talking to were friends, and I found out later that they were both bitter enemies fighting for right. control of the IRA. So that uh, all those sort of things needed to be updated, and um, also the fact that you know a lot more of our programs are becoming far more positive, and you've gone from a little foundation now to having mm. almost twenty full-time staff. Uh, four of those are. Uh, kids that we've taken from, you know, basically into our basketball, into leadership. Some went back to school and now work full time for us. You and talk about, um, we'll talk about a bit of your journey and the book because it's a great, it's going to be a great read. But you talk about Armit family. We had um, Samuel J. Johnson here a yep. couple of weeks ago, and he talked about the fact that that got him back on the straight and narrow. Yeah. You know, he was at a, lo- a loose end there for a few years in, yep. in the abyss, but. He talked about the fact that he got involved. Uh, he he did, yeah. mentioned your name, yep. and he also got on board with trying to mentor some young people into acting. Yeah, that, it's it's funny you should say that because I remember him at the time. Uh, this is going back some yeah. time ago, and yep. uh, and uh, early two thousands, I think. But anyway, well, I've um, in the past uh, few years been able to link up, and it came via Father Bob initially, but also. Bob yeah, McGuire we're yeah, talking about, yeah. Father Bob. Yep. And uh, the ABC, when they brought over a priest from America for, called Father Greg Boyle. Now, he started up Homeboys. He he became parish yep. priest of a place called Boyle Heights yep. in America, which is a bit like Braybrook with Hills. Yep. And um, he was finding that he couldn't get kids who'd been in prison or mm. been in gangs yep. jobs. So he realised he'd have to employ himself. So he ended up buying a bakery and it was open five days a week. Then it was seven days a week, 24. Now he's got about eight or nine of those, mm. half a dozen cafes. But one of the things that's been big is they've got an acting school within the premises of Homeboys. And a lot of these kids in Vealing Gangs get uh, opportunities by acting in The Mentalist, um, mm. X-Files. Yeah, I good. mean, it's, it's so natural for me. Yeah, the good. one story that I'd like to tell you, yeah. I'd spent a bit of time over there for the past four or five years and um, because I'd like to see some of those things implemented here. But just the power of this particular priest, one day I was talking to this young boy, Joseph, yeah. 
And I said, Joseph, how'd you end up here? He said, well, Leslie said, I started doing um, stick-ups when I was 12 with my brother. Wow. And we're going in and out of jail. And um, anyhow, one day we're in this shopping mall, myself and my brother, and it was a gang above us. And the gang threw a skateboard down at us. I grabbed it and hurled it back, and we ran for our lives with the gang saying, mm. we're going to get you. The next day, he and his brother were out throwing the ball when a car pulled up and they realised it was a gang. So they ran for their lives with bullets going past. Wow. He climbs over the fence with bullets going up, gets over the fence, and then realises his brother's not there. So he goes back and he lifts himself up over the over the fence and he sees his brother on the ground, this gang guy with a, a gun in his mouth and goes bang and he runs to the car yeah. and takes off. He jumps over, grabs and cradles his brother. He's dead. And the police turn up and he gets automatic six, uh, six months jail for gang association. Mm. So Father Greg goes in to see this boy and he says, now, Joseph, you've been locked up more than half your life. I'm going to give you an opportunity. I know you've got a girlfriend and you want to you know, have a family. I'll give you a job in my homeboy industries if you stay out of trouble. He said, yes, yes, yes. So when he um, gets into the kitchen, yep. the second day he's in the bakery, turns around and guess who's working beside him? The guy that shot dead his brother. Oh and he said, for the first five years, every day, Les, I think about getting revenge, but I then keep on thinking what Father Greg said, you know, and I just pull back from it. And that's the power, wow. you know, of people like Father Bob Maguire's and their Father Greg Boyle. And open family. Um, then you went into the 20th Man. So how did that come about? Well, the 20th Man was always there. We, we set that up because I was writing a column in the local paper called the Western Times. And it was called the 20th Man because the old 19th and 20th Man yep. from football. And my name being 20 And because I coached footy and because I was a ex ed teacher. Classes used to consist of running two laps around me. Yep. But anyhow, um, one year I'd sort of uh, upset a few footy clubs by a bit of gossip and that. And so I was banned. And the editor said, well, we've got to do something to break this yep. down. So we decided we'd have a big Christmas function and invite all the footy club uh, coaches and their presidents. So we had this function. We had band and, you know. And um, anyhow, at the end of the night, we had $500 left over. So the editor of the paper, Ron Coleman, yep. said, oh, we'll give it to the Children's Hospital. I said, Ron, as a youth worker, the worst time of the year for me is Christmas when kids are homeless, got no family, got no presents, yep. got no holidays, you know, all that stuff. Why don't we have a Christmas party for homeless kids just around Sunshine? And he said, oh, that's not a bad idea. So the first year we had 16 kids, all homeless. following year we had 60 kids. Gee. And we had Brad Hardy play Santa Claus. And <laughs> that was a bonus because we didn't have to pat up the suit. And uh, we had a little seven-year-old girl boom, who, boom. who got a, uh, a handbag. And she was picking up all the wrappings and whacking in the handbag. Yep. And I said to a social worker, I said, Frank, that kid's got a thing about tidiness, you know. He said, I know, Leslie. He said, That'd be her first ever present in her life. And if her parents knew yeah. where she was, they would kidnap her and kill her. So now, uh, last year we had 700. You know, we have people turn up on Christmas Day. Sam Newman comes. Luke Beveridge comes. Matt Jack Dorr comes. Wow. Uh, Ruff, uh, Jordan Roughhead. Yep. You know, uh, Bill Shorten. You know, so these kids get to see people in the flesh, yep. you know, that they only see on television. And it's been a great positive um, energy. And, they don't just get one present. Some of them you know, get four or five. So it really is a big day for a lot of these kids who never had any big days other than that Christmas year. What 
for, for those listening out there, Les, they might know of someone that's obviously going through these tough times. How do they get in touch with your magnificent charity? Like, do they, is there, a, is, is there an office? Is there? There is, like but a, the best thing to do is, um, is you, you should really look at your own local resources. Yep. You know, as we're talking about, I heard you talking about the country and things like that, and I think I told you out there before, I launched uh, Country Football Week, I think it must have been about 2010 or so. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And they told me that over the, the break of the season, 26 registered players from the year before had committed suicide because they were alone. They didn't have the fellowship of going down to the footy club and all that sort of stuff. Now, since then, you know, the clubs have become more proactive in Very proactive. off-season. You've got yep. the netball and you've got the cricket and all those sorts of things. So, first of all, go to your own resources, mainly for your local government and that sort of stuff. They can, buy, they can give me by just yep. going onto the website and I would generally be – I do a lot of speaking in the country. I, I was the other night up in Lake um, King Lake speaking uh, to about 60 or so people um, on the way down to the Otway Ranges. I've just done Colac, Rotary Club and all that sort of stuff. Yep. You know, and the, the thing we try to do is build up the power within their own communities because otherwise – if you such great resources that are there and not being totally utilised. So when people like Father Bob and myself do these tours, I mean, we did one a few years ago with the um, Horsham Police yep. and we did all the towns in the Wimmera because of the methamphetamine problem and that sort of stuff. And again, you know, we had five and 600 people turn up in freezing cold nights. But what it did is it empowered that community that, and show those that are mm. dealing this sort of substance yep. that the, the community are going to rise up against it and it, it empowers. But the thing that came through all the time was that the police were saying it's not just our issue, it's the whole community. It's you know it's youth workers, it's football or yep. sports coaches, it's youth um, school teachers, employees. You know we play together in a team. We can do things, but if we all isolate off and splinter. Nothing gets done. So mm. basically, you know, if you don't get any luck in your own sort of um, community, then by all means, just look me up on the website at www.ltfoundation.com.au. And coincidentally, Jack, this Thursday, September 13th, it's always now the second Thursday in September is Are You OK Day? And it's an annual day now dedicated to remind people to ask family, friends and colleagues the question, are you okay? Which is a great initiative. It's more being proactive yep. than reactive. And obviously you're uh, a strong supporter of this as well. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, because particularly with men's health being so, that old culture of, uh, you know, I'm all right, Starting, Jack, and yep. that sort of stuff, you know. And it's, um, I know there was a great program launched by the Geelong Football Club through Borrowing Cook and uh, the and Tom, um, that used to be Tom the, Harley. Tom Harley and, uh, and the Stop guy. Stop Think. Uh, no, it's called um, Read the Play. That's right. And what it, it was is they train up at least two kids in a footy team or a netball team to become aware of their teammates about their behaviour, whether they're a little bit anxious or a little bit depressed. And from that, but the thing was to try and then sort of channel that into a professional like a youth worker, a social yep. worker or a doctor and things like that. After the break, Jack, and I know you're going to throw to it very, very shortly. We're going to talk more about the book, yep. Dougie Hawkins, uh, Father Bob Maguire. Yep. The photo here that went you at Broberg High School looking <laughs> quite uh, handsome <laughs> with a few young lasses looking at you too, Les. I'm going to be all over that. Plus a story about the Dalai Lama when he came to your 
magnificent charity. So over to you, Jackie boy. That's coming up next on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the home to big savings every day. No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. No man should ever walk alone here on 1116 SEN. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the home to big savings every day. We'll catch up with Rob Code and Emily Braybon before we finish up tonight. But our special guest in the studio is Les Twentyman, OAM. And then we're going to talk about his book, The Mouth That Roared. And uh, Gary Sweet obviously loved it. So um, now I'm going to talk a little bit about the, the book. And so what, what inspired, what was the motivation behind it, Les, just to... Uh, you know, I, I do a lot of, I probably do about a hundred speaking engagements a year, uh, schools, uh, yep. rotary clubs and corporate stuff. And, and I always keep on coming up with different stories and yep. people said, you know, you, you didn't have that in your last book. I said, oh no, you know, things like, um, as I said, like the finding out the IRA guys that I thought were best of buddies hated each other, which ended up nearly costing me our lives because um, they took it, they were going to, they took yep. the guy with me out to shoot him. And uh, it was only that. Uh, the guy, Brian Coonan, is now dead, um, was on the phone ringing uh, people back here the, in uh, Victoria when he put down the phone and said, basically, uh, uh, you work with homeless kids in, in Melbourne. I said, yeah. He said, okay. And so he yelled out to bring the other guy in that I thought I'd seen for the last time. And he went to the drawer and I thought, I hope, because I've got a guy with a gun on me. And uh, he pulls out a... <laughs> Instead of pulling out a gun, he pulled out a bottle of Jamison. So <laughs> we wiped it out and uh, that sort of stuff. But also, um, you know, we, we've got some great things that are happening. You know, I mean, every day we hear about youth issues. And There's, there's, one, a, there's one chapter here, Gangland. What's it about? Well, that's uh, based on uh, some of the stuff I did in the USA. Um, I, uh, I dealt with, um, with gangs. Kids. In, in, uh, well, in Chicago, <laughs> I was in, I'd gone over to... Um, to Cleveland to have a look at uh, a gun buyback uh, through Nick McCallum. Um, yep. He was at Channel 9 then. Yep. And um, I'd just come actually from the UK uh, a few weeks earlier where all the kids on the camp had called me Skippy. So we're in this uh, gun buyback and uh, and Channel 9 Australia and Channel 5 uh, Cleveland said, oh, it'd be good if you can you know, talk to the people lined up to hand in their guns. So I'm going, Skippy, Skippy, and no one's looking at me. <laughs> And all of a sudden, this big guy down the back says, oh, no, not Crocodile Dundee. And I said, that's him. Next month, they're all over me and that sort of stuff, you know. <laughs> but by going over and looking at those issues at the coalface, you know, I was able to sort of look at issues that were developing here. And, uh, you know, and we've been able to do things like uh, putting brakes on it. One of the big issues at the moment we've got is kids being suspended from school. You know, in 2013, 14, 27,000 Victorian kids were suspended from school. Now, 80% of those kids never re-engage because as an ex-teacher, you don't want kids that are troublesome back in school. So where do they go? They just filter in to the problems and that sort of stuff. So we've come up with an idea by putting outreach youth workers onto the school campus and working with the kids there, they're not going to get turfed out. And these kids are then going to be participating in a positive way to their education so everyone's a winner. The, the, like the kids are winner because he's got a support. 
The uh, family's a winner because they've got a youth worker. The schools are winners because they've got someone to support the teachers. And we, the community, are winners because they're not out of school running around yep. in shopping centres and knocking cars and things like that. So things that are quite simplistic sometimes, but we, because of, um, you know, it's all got to be sort of um, what they call c- compliance and all that sort of stuff, it all gets washed up and washed away. Where the things that sort of united you, Danny and I as yep. kids, was... Is sport, you know, and that's right. and you keep friends forever, and that's where, you know, we're really pushing, particularly for team sports. Because I went into a school last year, and there was two hundred year tens, and I asked them, how many are involved in out of school sports? Three hands went up. Gee. Two girls who were in dance and calisthenics, and one boy played cricket. Out of how many? Two hundred. Out of two hundred, one boy played cricket uh, for Sunshine. He played footy for St Albans. We worked out there was nearly. 1,100 people in his life, you know, teammates, parents, yeah. supporters, opposition, umpires. That's 1,100 to 1,200 people that can get you a job or support, you know. That's the sort of stuff that we've got to keep on getting back. As, and also it's become too expensive for kids, particularly if they're in families that are on welfare. You yeah. know, to get a pair of, you know, uh, soccer boots, it's, yeah. you know, two or 300 bucks. And some of these uh, soccer clubs... I think it's about three or $4,000 in fees and that sort of stuff. And so you've got a lot of good kids that are, you know, not in the Australian yeah. team. They would be great soccer players. It was the same in America. They used to say not the best ball players are out, you know, or, or baseballers. They're in the parks because yeah. they haven't been got into Nurtured, the school yeah. system and haven't been, you know, brought your, on. Your footy background, yeah. Captain, I'll see the far, one of the photos in the book here. You were captain of the Willie under-19s footy team. So... Yep. Must have been, must have went all right, Les. Well, uh, as I said, I went to Willie. I won the best and fairest at Albion Footy Club, and I was captain of their under sixteens. You know, being captain of coach of their reserves, didn't you? Yeah, I, I end up going and being yep. assistant coach with Mel Allen in '76, and we won the premiership. And that's why Williamstown Footy Club is still. You know, they had a function the other day and yep. made a donation of five thousand dollars. Um, Sandringham Footy Club because of Dennis Gallenberti and Nick Johnson, the president, and that sort of stuff. Their club's uh, 20 supporters and all that sort of stuff. Um, because we had uh, uh, Peter, sorry, um, the full forward, Peter Hudson, come and speak. Um, uh, a very a well known supporter of your um, foundation, isn't he? That's right. And out of that, we got $13,000, you know. and you know, and it was, So the Johnson families and the Gallenbertis yep. and, the, you know, and as I said, the Williamstown Footy Club, even Casey Footy Club, uh, which is where we're about to put some youth workers out in Packham yep. and uh, Berwick and the school system, you know, sport is a great opener for networks and to get people to support you. And it's also a place to be able to direct kids. Some years ago, up in Wangaratta, we set up with the Wangaratta Football Clubs. I think there's two there. Yep. Um, the local coppers, the local magistrate, the local lawyers, and um, and the local police, that if a young kid got picked up on a first offence, instead of that being registered, if he agreed to go to the football club or the netball club for the next eight weeks with a youth worker, they wouldn't register it. Some of those kids are still there, and that was 15-odd years ago. Mm. So they're the sorts yeah. of things that I'm trying to promote, you know, because every day we read about all the, the, the negative stuff from yeah. the right-wing media that feed a lot of that stuff. They do. Where we should look at... I mean, we've currently got over 26 kids. I'm not quite sure. It could be up to about 35. This is overseas. This is overseas and scholars. You know, we've got basketball coaches at uh, the Les 20 Redskins, um, you know, George and Wendy Munro, 
George got an OAM last year for all his work for many years. So they've taken that these must kids. give you a great um, sort of you know just fulfilment to know that these kids were once on the streets and now they're overseas. Absolutely. Forging out a great sporting career and getting a degree behind them. Well, last um, Thursday night out, sadly it clashed with the AFL game, but we had our, our kids that had come through to now being adults play in the A-grade, Victorian A-grade grand final basketball. Yeah. It went into extra time three times and we went down by two points with one of my youth workers who plays in it, yeah. Gum, his whole chapter on throwing for a three-pointer right on the siren and it just rolled out and came out. Otherwise, we would have won it. Two of those kids flew out the next day to the USA. So we're doing something right. What about uh, another another read here, the Dalai Lama? <laughs> Gee, you're, uh, you're mixing with the big heavies now, mate. Yeah, well, I've uh, twice I've had to look after Dalai Lama back in 2010. And he hasn't got uh, long pockets either. <laughs> well, he helped you out. He did. I thought he said, I'm going to make a donation of because I'm a very poor monk. Buddhist monk of a hundred dollars, and I thought a hundred dollars or hundred euro, it's a hundred dollar. And then someone whispered in his ear, and he turned back and said, "No, one hundred thousand I Wow! Fell back off the seat, ripped my pants, and that sort of stuff. And then the next time he was out, I had to introduce him to six thousand people at the exhibition yep. buildings, and and people just started fainting. And I, all of a sudden, my heart jumped. I thought, because I got warned last time yeah. that be careful, a lot of people faint around him. And I was worried at the time because my wife had her son's ashes and I thought they're going to blow all over the place. Nothing happened. But the next time, and they were just dropping like flies. And, you know, so it's a very yeah. funny sort of feeling. What about, um, it must be great when you call on people from time to time just to either play on a golf day or come to one of your functions and buy a table. Like I'm just reading through some of the names here. You know, Lee Matthews, Jeff Kennett when he was Premier. Yep. Um, you know, Ian Hewitson, the, he was the patron there for a long time. Yep. Raised 50 grand. Yep. Um, you know, Colin Miller, the cricketers. So you, you're dealing with heavy hitters, but there are only two. Gary Sweet, obviously, he's a great yep. supporter of yours. Um, the Prime Minister. Um, you just ask them and they, they return the favour. Well, I've been really fortunate because their chairman is Dr. David Young. He's okay. a surgeon to the stars. It and certainly is. There's a story I tell about when Barry... Hall came from the Swans down to play with the Western Bulldogs and he had a bit of floating bone. And so they took him over to David and it was right on Christmas. And David said, look, um, I'm chairman of a charity. We have this Christmas uh, party for kids and we're looking for a Santa Claus. How about playing Santa? He said, no, 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 no. And David said, okay, well, your rehabilitation could be either pain-free or very painful. <laughs> he said, okay, but I'm not putting on the suit. So he came over and sat on the ground and the, <laughs> he was fantastic. Yeah, so it is good like that, but um, it's um, but people see results and that's the, the big thing. What about uh, the footy? You know, you've seen a lot of played yourself at the modern game and obviously you're a Bulldogs man. Yep. So what what about the finals this year? Give us a give us a snapshot. Who's going to win it? I who's... thought the best team that I saw play the Bulldogs, and I only saw about seven or eight teams, I thought it was Melbourne. Yep. You know, they were... Young and are quick and they're tough, aren't they? And they're tough. And, um, you know, I was lucky I was overseas in America when it was played last year because I couldn't stand all my mates at Barry for Richmond, you know, the Bernie yep. Finns and the Cyril Critchleys and all those sort of things. <laughs> so I was out of the country. But sadly, they're back in there again. So, but um, no, look, it's, um, you know, I think that Melbourne, but I, I also like the West Coast that uh, now that they've got the full forward back, 
You know, mm. I know he didn't yeah. do much, but oh, he, he got took bigger. it. He got yeah, and he, he didn't get any smaller at the end of the game. That's, that's exactly Liz. right. When he took that mark late in the game, Goldsack was good, but eventually the weight, the weight of numbers got him in the end. The height and strength of the Josh, yeah, they're, they're in and up to the ears. The Tigers, they're um, those strong foundations I built 17 years ago are starting to pay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny, Les, aren't they? Well, remember, um, um, Spud and I were over in England, and um, and I was over with my brothers and their wives, and. That's right. uh, and they were going to Bath uh, the next day, yep. and I ran into you. Someone yelled, look at that whacker over there wearing socks with thongs. You'd have to be an Aussie and, <laughs> and had bright green socks on. And Spud goes, oh, that's like, what is that? And he'd like to come you to You thought footy. it was me, Jack. <laughs> 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 yeah. It was Les. So anyhow, uh, so I decided not to go, and I went to the footy. And um, That's right. But that night, the barley bomb went off. And, it um, did, unfortunately. Yeah, so yeah. we all woke to some terrible yeah, it news. Terrible. It was terrible. But... Um, no, look, uh, you know, Doug Hawkins. Uh, yeah, the Hawks. Hall- what about your relationship with him? Well, you know, we go way back. Um, Two good uh, playbook boys. Well, I always tell a story um, about uh, um, Doug saying he was the first street kid in Braybrook. And I said, did that come about, Dougie? He said, hey, well, you remember Miss Brown, the English teacher in year seven that used to wear those mini skirts? I said, yeah, I can remember. Everyone remembers that. He, he said, you know how teachers make the troublemakers sit right up the front so they can give him a whack over the ear. I said, yeah, I know that as a troublemaker and an ex-school teacher. <laughs> he said, well, I'm sitting up the front this day and she's riding on the board and the kid right down the back put up his hand and said, excuse me, Ms. Brown, but I can see the top of your knees. She was infuriated and <laughs> suspended him for the rest of the week. And the kid sitting a bit further up put up his hand and said, excuse me, Ms. Brown, but I can see the top of your stockings. He got suspended for the rest of the semester. At that point in time, she dropped the chalk and then she bent over to pick it up. Hawk got up and started walking out. She said, where do you think you're going, Hawk? He said, I think my school days are over. <laughs> and I said, how come you said you went through Melbourne University at 17? He said, is he in a stolen Toronto? But that's, uh, you know. Oh, that's no, he's a good man. Great man. He's fantastic. Les, it's been great to have you in tonight. We thank you so much. And you've got another book here, company. Jack. Yep. Here's oh, another fantastic. book. Fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Yep. We're getting very board. learned here, uh, Les. This, uh, we're getting a nice little library. It's like book clubs. Buddy. It is, it <laughs> oh, is. Yeah. But this one's a, a must read for anyone out there. Yep. All bookstores, Les? All bookstores, yeah. And it's in for the Premier's uh, Award in uh, history because it talks a lot about some of those Western suburbs. Especially the Western suburbs, Braybrook and, and Sunshine. Braybrook and Sunshine, Williamstown and those sort of things. And also about some of the big manufacturers yep. that are out there like you know, HV Mackay and all yep. that sort of stuff. And it's, uh, the no, mouth that roared. Les, thank you so much for your time tonight. We My really pleasure. appreciate it. Les Twentyman, OAM, joining us on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. We'll come back. We'll talk a bit of health and fitness with Rob Code and Emily Braybrook. No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. man should ever walk alone thanks to chemist warehouse home to big savings every day and a big thanks to les 20 as well spud wasn't he brilliant absolutely outstanding les uh, the amount of people not only save lives but a great motivator for for anyone out there the mouth that roared a must read um at all good bookstores jack but now we've got not to lighten the load up a little bit but uh we've got dietitians of the stars emily braveron good evening Hey, how are you doing? Going well, going well. We're just talking 
to Jack before, Emily. We need some advice on the days are getting longer, the days are getting a little bit warmer, starting to exercise a little bit more, whether it's, you know, going for that extra run or playing golf and still going to the gym or in the winter you just play golf and, oh, that'll do. (laughs) And the trap of exercising more versus eating more. Um, Input versus output. We're exercising more, but the kilojoules and the calories still stay on. So mm. can you give us a hand? Because we're, we're training hard, but we're, we're bloody hungry. You know, I've always find in summer that I eat lighter. So I always find that you don't need all those starchy, heavy foods that you'd want in winter. So if you can exchange all of those for a nice salad or something lighter, like grilled fresh rather than fried, I think yep. you'll be in the right place. So... And if we're, I mean, we've sort of got a bit of a theme of the, the weather's starting to get a bit better and we're kind of going to get our yeah. get our arse into gear, to be honest, yeah. and, and start to get Boy. ourselves sorted. Um, <laughs> yeah. So how do we – I guess there are some eating habits to change. And like Spud was saying, you, once you start exercising more, you kind of – you just naturally feel more hungry. So how do we make good yeah. decisions, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I think the good decisions come with – if you're going to do that extra exercise, why not – chase it up with the good eating. Spot on. You're never, ever going to outrun a bad diet. So no matter how much you exercise, uh, if you're still eating bad, it's not going to change anything. You're not going to get fitter. You're not going to lose weight. You're not going to get any of that stuff that you want to achieve. So you might as well just put all in. Actually, I'm just writing that down. You'll never yeah. outrun a bad diet. <laughs> she, I'll tell you she what. talks a lot of sense, Emily. There's a bags she? of gold coming out of uh, your <laughs> mouth at the moment, Emily. You know what? You need to tell my husband that. Oh, yeah. Well, Chief gets a bit stubborn at times. He reckons it's all about the Chief at the moment, doesn't he? <laughs> so, and with that said... Um, we, we always will go back to something that you're big on as well, and, and that's starting the day the right way with some breakfast. Absolutely. Breakfast and water. If you don't kickstart your metabolism, it's just going to stay slow the whole day. You're going to feel sluggish. You're not going to do what you need to do in the way of burning fat as your fuel source. And, yeah, you'll never get out of that old, wintry, you know, that hibernation feel. Yeah. Um, a client called me this morning at about 5 o'clock and well, texted me and just said, hey, I went to the gym before I went to work this morning because they go on TV and they just said it was the most wide awake I've been in a long time. Wow. So, you know what? Get out of bed. No one wants to get out of bed, but get out of bed nice and early. Get it done. Then you've got no excuses. And just lastly, a lot of the, I've been reading a bit of different material that with breakfast in the morning that people naturally sort of reach for the coffee and, and get started that way. But there's a school of thought now for hydration and also just for its benefits to start with a green tea in the morning. You know what? It's each to their own. Um, the green tea has just as much dehydration as the coffee does. And either way, whatever wakes you up mm. is good. Green tea's nice. It's good until you don't have yeah. 15 coffees a day. Em, as always, your knowledge is absolutely outstanding. Thank you for sharing a little bit more of it with us tonight. Thanks, boys. Have a good one. Emily Braywell joining us, our nutritionist to the stars. So there you go, Spud. You yeah. can't outrun a yeah. bad diet. That is uh, very, very good advice, Jack. And uh, that leads us on to Robbie Code. Uh, he's not quite there yet, Jack, but going to talk about to Robbie about the fact that we're doing a little bit more exercise yeah. and how we don't blow a gasket because it's the weather's good we want to do the extra but you've got to actually train your body a little bit like anything else don't be a bull at a gate especially when you get a little bit long in the tooth good evening Rob good guys how are you going well I'm not sure whether you heard that uh there but we're just talking about how the the weather's great we're doing a little bit extra you know in the winter you'd play golf and oh that'll do but now 
still go to the gym, you go to golf. Oh, gee, the, it's, the days are getting longer. I might go for an extra run. Just trying to overdo it early and, and just getting your body in shape to actually um, give it a little bit more exercise, a little bit more strengthening. Yeah, definitely. Um, it is a good time of the year to start you know, ramping up a bit, especially you have been doing a few activities in sport through the colder months. Saying that, you still want to um, build it up slowly. You know? So yeah. just uh, over the next few weeks, just increase it bit by bit. We don't want to overdo it and start loading our body up. Hopefully you're completely going over the top. Yeah, it's good to push hard, but you also want to train smart and you know, keep with your recovery process and you know, add a little bit more each week and, and build it up coming into the warmer months. So let's use running as the example, Rob, yeah. just because it's, it's something that most people do. So the natural temptation is, you know, it's 24 in Melbourne here yep. tomorrow. It so you amazing. think, geez, I might get outside and have a run. The natural temptation for a lot of people is just to run, 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 run. So how, what's a, obviously in terms of building it up, do you start with, say, 50% of, of what a total run or, would be? Or and run, start to run build and walk? Up? Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously it depends on what level you're at. And if you are just starting out now or if you have been training all year or all through winter, but, um, yeah, if you're, if you're at about you know, 50% at the moment, just, just add a little bit each week. So 5 or 10% on top of that. And next week, 5 or 10% again. So just build it up bit by bit. So, for an example, let's say you guys are doing a 5K run. Yep. You have been doing that all through winter, 5, 6Ks. And there's no reason why each week you can't add you know, another, another kilometre, go six weeks. I questioned um, six Ks, six, seven Ks. The week after that, add another. And before you know it, within a month, you're doing 10. And then uh, have a good recovery process and then uh, uh, try something different. Add a bit more to it. Do a little bit more in the gym. So is that the key with that one, Robbie, when you're doing the extra? So you go from five to six to, to eight to 10. Just make sure the recovery's the same or a little bit longer and then you can have your recovery a little bit lesser when you get up to that, you know, 10 or 12K run. Oh, well, yeah. It's regardless of what level you get to, you always got to have to have some sort of recovery. And every situation is different. So it depends if your body's feeling good or it's not. And you can self-analyse your body as you are running. And if you're feeling something that's not quite right, if you're loading up on one side, like a calf or a glute, then go and see your, your local physio or your chiro and, and have your body checked and you may have to do a lot more recovery than you normally do if your body's feeling good uh, you might better do a lot less so i i personally think you got you got to self-diagnose your, your your body you are your best doctor listen to it and if it doesn't feel right yeah get it checked and it might mean more stretching it might mean start doing a, a yoga class if you haven't been doing already but you need to do the recovery and you need to listen to your body Travelfit360.com for all of the information that you need for Rob's wonderful, one of Rob's wonderful businesses. Robbie, thanks for your time. Brilliant, we'll Robbie. catch up again soon. Thanks, boys. Take Rob care. Coe joining us on the way out, Spud. That's us done and dusted. Big no, show tonight. Busy great, show. Great show, Jack. Uh, as I said, the mouth that roared. Les Twentyman. Thanks, Jack. Thanks to the SEN family. We're back next week with No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the home to big savings every day.